What's new at Cold Wax Academy? Rebecca and Jerry launched their spring quarter on April 12th. This quarter sessions include identifying compositional issues in your work, technical information from Gamblin representative Mary Tevlin, a painting clinic for works in progress, and much more. As always, members can join in on live sessions with questions and comments and can benefit anytime by interacting with other members on our members-only Facebook page. With 100 recorded sessions in the member library, there is always something to learn or review with topics ranging from technical advice to visual language to guest speakers and critiques of member work. To learn more about membership and to purchase Cold Wax tools and Rebecca and Jerry's book, Cold Wax Medium, Techniques, Concepts, and Conversations, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about silence, solitude, and the creative pause. Many creative people embrace quiet, solitary moments as portals to being in sync with their work. Stepping away from everyday distractions is a way of nurturing your creative self bringing you more in touch with your emotions, ideas, and the bigger picture of what you want to express. Yet true silence and solitude tend to be rare in our lives, unless we make a conscious effort to bring them in. Today we'll talk about the value of doing so as part of the creative process. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. So I would say most people are aware of the value of things like meditation um, and other spiritual practices like prayer as a as a way of calming and centering. And, and most people, if they do these things, probably do them at the start of the day. And that's, that's great. That's really important. But I think <laughs> once you kind of get going with the day and you're, you know, you have a busy day and you're in that flow, um, it's the natural tendency to just keep going and, and not pause and never have another pause maybe until the very end of the day, um, to find this kind of moment of solitude or moment of quiet. And I stepping back um, away from the busyness, whatever it is, for time to center yourself, um, that that's I feel is important when you're engaged in creative activity. And it because you can really lose the thread of sort of why you're doing this, the big picture of what you're doing. And it may be especially um, important for people who are are newer to art and they maybe haven't realized some of the more subtle things that they can change in the way that they move through the day to enhance working practice. But I think for anybody, we, (laughs) no matter if we're new to this or we've been doing it for years, it's easy to lose sight of this need to to pause, to step back, uh, especially in the studio, in in the flow of creative practice, and how to build them into your into your time. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today was why it's important and and maybe how to do that in a pretty easy way. So for me at least, once once I'm in the studio, once I walk in the door, I tend to be just continually occupied. And I, I bet this is true for a lot of people. 
So it's maybe getting set up or straightening things up a little bit, getting, you know, observing the work I was, you were doing, and then just kind of diving in. Oh, and some people will do, have a ritual when they first enter. They'll, they'll have a little meditation of some sort, light a candle, do something. But typically that's at the beginning, you know, and then you enter that, that state of continual activity and, and busyness. Um, when you're when you're really in the flow of your work, that can that can also be a sort of meditative state, and and I know we've mentioned that before because you're very focused, you're tuning out other thoughts, but I I feel like even in in that flow state, or even when you're just pretty engaged with what you're doing, it's actually a good thing to step back now and then, and just to clear your mind and and so during the process during the painting process because at least in my experience when i'm in that flow state and i'm intensely focused on my work i'm usually really well really focused and concentrating on one thing one area of the painting or one problem i'm trying to solve i've i've gone into it thinking i really need to adjust the color here and then I can enter a, a long extended period where that's all I'm thinking about. That's all I'm focused on. So that's good. That's great. I mean, it's important. But at the same time, it can become a little obsessive to be wrapped up in this particular thing that's bothering you and that you want to get done. And I have found it's actually beneficial even when, and it's hard to pull yourself away, but even in that point to uh, to take a small small break and then if it's if you stay in the moment with that break and you're doing something that doesn't take you into the outside world but it's just a, a pause that actually is helpful because then when you come back into it you've sort of broken that whatever is uh, detrimental about that it's kind of like you're under a spell, you know, you're, you're so focused on one thing. Step back, turn away, come back, and you're going to see how what you were doing fit in with the rest of the what you were working on. So I am speaking uh, personally here of the way it works for me is that I can get sort of compulsive about trying to fix something, trying to work on one small area. And it's also exhausting, you know, to be that focused. Um, so um, what, I, what I thought of when I thought of, well, what is that pause? What is that? I thought of the phrase creative pause, which is in the title of this episode. And then I thought, I wonder if that's been used in some way. So I Googled it. And it is actually a thing. <laughs> it's like uh, a concept that was developed by this guy, Dr. Edward de Bono, and it involved what he called lateral thinking for creative ideas. Well, I looked at that a little bit, and it was quite specific, and it seemed to be more about um, in a business context, I think. So it, it didn't particularly interest me. <laughs> Maybe it's a topic for another podcast, but it's different from what I'm thinking of, but I, I just wanted to say that because some listeners may be aware of that and I don't want to feel like I'm stealing the phrase, but you know, I came up with that. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to claim it for this podcast anyway. Um, and what does that 
mean? What does that creative pause mean to me? It's it's a purposeful stepping back from that intense engagement with your work or any kind of engagement with your work. You're not always being that intense, but it's it's a little pause to uh, to kind of refresh and it refreshes your vision. I think it refreshes your thoughts when we stare at something for too long. It's very hard to see it clearly. Yeah, and I think that that's it's so applicable to um, nearly every area of life. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, there you you kind of get tunnel vision. You know, you, you get yes. uh, um, it, it's it, you can only see certain things, and it's hard to see the big picture. Um, and uh, so, oftentimes, that there's a, a process of of working and then taking a break, and then working and then mm-hmm. taking a break. Um, I I like to have multiple projects that I'm working on at the same time, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you. I know that you work on multiple paintings at the same time, and mm-hmm. a lot of times there can be kind of a rotation where you you work on one piece and you're you're kind of hitting mm-hmm. a stopping point where you can't you're you're just not sure where to go with it or what to do with it, and it can be really mm-hmm. helpful to just change gears, work on something else for a little bit, uh, even if you're not necessarily stepping away from the studio. Uh, I mean that certainly is an option, but even if if you're just changing to working on something else for a little bit. Yeah, and I, I just I just want to speak to that. I, I think you're absolutely right. But you mentioned when you get to that sort of position of oh you're you're you don't see where to go, you're a little frustrated, you're kind of tired. And and that yes, I agree. That's a really good time to shift into a different uh thing you're working on. But this this pause that I'm talking about is a little bit different because I think ideally it happens not then. It, it doesn't happen because you're at that point. It happens uh, as part of the flow. Like you, you do things that you keep in the flow, but it's just a slight pause to, um, to refresh that vision. And I think that when you, if you stop because you're frustrated or tired or indecisive, you're farther from this sort of peaceful, open state of mind that I think of as, you know, when you're really engaged with your work. And then and then it might be hard to reclaim that. But if you just pause in the middle of that nice flowing state or that concentrated state with something, and I'm, I'm going to give a few examples of what that might be, um, you can return to what you were doing without feeling like you've had this big break, right? You, you you can step back back into that river without much trouble, but there are benefits to it. And I don't think it's something that you typically think of doing. I've I've had to sort of consciously, purposefully learn how to do this. And I, I feel like I can be better at it, but I've noticed that it's helpful. And that's why I wanted to talk about it the natural thing is, yeah, you wait till you're ready for something different. So, um, yeah, that what you're talking about is is so counterintuitive to the to the way that I work personally. Uh-huh. I, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I work until I'm I just can't do anymore. And and the idea of taking a break when when it's not uh, like almost medically necessary to me yes. is <laughs> it, like there's there's like uh, there's guilt attached to that. You know, if I if I was to stop working uh, when I when I was still capable of doing more, um, 
you know, yeah, that would, that would, be, that would fa- be very counterintuitive to just, just the way that I function on a, on a daily basis. So I totally get that. And I relate to that. And what I'm talking about here is very short. I mean, a minute, you know, it's not, you're not walking away from it. You're just creating this pause and it's a short pause. And maybe it has more to do with visual art because there is a there is a thing where your vision loses its um, perspective or I'm not quite sure what the word is, but y- you stare at something visually for long enough and it just, it loses context or something. And this, this very slight pause that I'm talking about is just sort of resetting your vision. Uh, it's not abandoning what you were doing. And so what so specifically what I'm kind of talking about is is just a moment to sort of clear your mind, um, look at something else beside your work. And it might be for me, it's often like walking to the door of the studio and looking out at nature, you know, just for a minute or thirty seconds even, just a little bit. Um, it might be, uh, you know, petting your your dog or your cat or doing something like that's in the moment um, during the process when things are going well. And it, it's really about you're staying in the moment, like you're not making a phone call or you're not checking your Facebook or something. Those things would take you away from your state of mind. And so this is meant really to enhance your state of mind and just disengaging for a moment. And that's why I think of it as a pause. And what I have discovered that does is just a brief moment, enough to break whatever obsession is going on for me and and have it actually i can feel more productive when i go back so remembering to consciously do this before you get to a point of fatigue frustration i'm done um that's a challenge as you say it's it's a bit counterintuitive <laughs> and so ways to remember to do this i i find tying it to something else that i would normally do as part of the routine of painting so uh, that might be uh, periodically I want to clean my hands, for example, or I want to, if I have a glass of water there, I want to take a drink. And at that moment when I have turned away, got my back to the painting, walking to wherever I am and going in the studio, there's a little bell that goes off and says, just extend this by about 30 seconds, you know, and just do one more little thing. Like I said, look out the window. Sometimes I'll just pick up an art book and flip through it. And that's enough to um, refresh my vision. And so, um, that I'd say perhaps once an hour, I do that. Uh, sometimes not that much. Um, and, and if somebody's listening to this and says, Oh, well, actually that sounds like a great idea, but I don't know how to make myself do that. I mean, I could even see setting a timer because that's going to go off at some random moment when you're, <laughs> when you're engaged with something and then it's, yeah, that's going to be hard to walk away. But, and I'm not sure that works. I mean, for me, there's slightly more natural breaks and just pushed a little bit further than I would uh, to to do the normal thing. So, um, 
Well, let's pause for a minute here and talk about what yeah, deals are pause. available at Blick. <laughs> uh, so right now at Blick, uh, they have their big brush event going on. And I was looking at some of the items in this event and because from the perspective of uh, most of our listeners, I think, are involved in, in kind of the similar work to what you do, Rebecca, with cold wax. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking, well, maybe what what else is there here for our listeners? Uh, of course, there are listeners who uh, are working with acrylics and watercolors and and um, other other methods that where brushes are are more important or um, are used more. And of course, there are watercolor and acrylic brushes and natural and synthetic brushes that are that are on sale right now. Uh, but there are also um, uh, there's a category called painting tools and accessories, which includes palette knives. Um, and there are uh-huh. also uh, there's a category called craft and specialty brushes, which includes those brushes with the rubber tips, which I know you mm-hmm. like. To oh use yeah, yeah, for the catalyst ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are items that um, are, are going to be useful for people who are working with cold wax. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, there's a lot of other brushes that are on sale right now uh, for mm-hmm. many other methods of working. Um, so. Right, and there's and there's nothing about cold wax that says you cannot use a brush. Right, people do certainly, but what you would need then is is a pretty sturdy one, and I'm sure those are available too. Something with, um, you know, just thicker brushes, shorter bristles, maybe, and those can be really useful. So sounds good. All right. Well, to take advantage of the big brush event at Blick and support the Messy Studio Podcast, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's tremendously important to us. So once again, that's Messy Studio Podcast dot com slash blick b-l-i-c-k all right let's get back into it okay so there were two other words in the title of this podcast which are silence and solitude and i think um all of the words in the title are related in the sense that they are things that can center you can can get you back in touch with um your work with what you're feeling and thinking and and I would say silence and solitude often coexist because you're alone in the studio, you're quiet in the studio, but they also have some different aspects and they have different things, ways that they feed creativity. Um, and and also to to broaden this a bit, and you mentioned um, how this um, kind of need to to center and pause is part of everyday life in other ways, not just in the studio and that's that's really true um so um this is this is somewhat broad because i think anything that you do during the day no matter what you're doing that allows you to step back and and just have a brief meditation or a longer period of solitude and silence those things feed your creative self even if it doesn't seem all that all that directly. It's it's a way of staying in touch with your your inner self, your ideas, your vision, all those things that feed creativity. Um, so I'm going to start by talking about solitude, and uh, people really vary in their need for this. Uh, but I would say a lot of artists do find it really important overall um, in their lives, and many artists, of course, live with a partner, will live with a family. Um, 
And they may have an even greater need for solitude because of this uh, engagement. I mean, you know, we, we love the people we live with, but they do they do occupy space in our brains and they, they occupy time. And so as artists and the need for um, withdrawing a bit, to be uh, aware of that if, if you are in that sort of, um, uh, you know, a situation where there's a lot of people in your life, that you may need to be pretty conscious about making that space for solitude. And I'm also aware, before I want to go on much further, uh, many people are experience more solitude than they want to. I mean, they're 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 alone, uh, not by choice, maybe, and this can be painful. And and so, I'm just recognizing that and and honoring that situation. But hopefully, if that is you, you find something in this discussion to find positive aspects of that solitude that can feed your creativity, um, even if it's, you know, part of a picture that isn't all that great for you. And and for other people, um, solitude is a rare and foreign state of being because they're always surrounded by other people. And many people find that energizing, and it's just fine. Um, but if you're one of those people, and you are rarely alone, and you're rarely in solitude, um, you may be missing out on some of what it can bring to you, and and again, maybe a conscious uh, way of of finding that uh, time for solitude. And and my own view of needing solitude, and I'd say I have a fairly high need for this. If I don't have it, I just feel sort of scattered. I feel like I'm losing touch with myself i'm i'm losing my ways of processing what i'm going through either through my work or through just thinking um and i i'm pulled in just too many directions so i just have this ongoing need to sort of come back to my center and that that needs to be i need to understand that for myself and to let other people know that and if that sounds like you and you're listening to this i i think that is common to a lot of creative people that they they have that need um so i think when you recognize that it is important to um not dismiss that or or think you're just being selfish somehow it can be hard for other people to understand they can feel shut out your family can feel shut out your spouse or your partner can say why are you spending so much time alone you know and think it's about them it's not it's about you. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with claiming that as long as it's not negatively impacting anybody. I'm not talking about not engaging with the people that we love, but carving out that time as much as you can. And um it a lot of a lot of us have a fairly introverted personality and so we are drained by social interaction um and or what we perceive as a lot of social interaction. We pick and choose, and we, you know, it doesn't mean you never go to a party or something. Of course not, at least not for me. It's it's like, but I know in terms of creativity that the solitude is really important. Um, and so that is something throughout the day, um, if this sounds like you, to find those moments. And, and maybe it's just, you know, 
reading for a few minutes or taking a walk, being in nature alone or writing in your journal. I think most people find those little pockets of time, but maybe not connecting it to what it means for your art self and, and for what you're doing in the studio. And it's sort of that detachment that I was talking about with the pause. It's sort of a longer detachment, which is solitude when you're in your studio. And it is calming. I think it brings you in touch with with your ideas and your feelings. And solitude in the studio is also important just logistically. Like, you don't want to be interrupted. Most people don't. And so knowing that your studio time is is a time of solitude and other people recognize that is pretty important. And I just feel that solitude in kind of the big picture is, it's a spiritual need. And I, I would say in a broad sense, no matter what your own spiritual direction is, it's something that feeds um, your soul, your spirit, your inspiration, all those things. So I find it important. And I, I imagine that a lot of people listening to this can relate to that. And again, carving that time out, consciously creating it is can be a challenge. I mean, like I said, you may have to help people around you understand that you need it um, and that it's nothing personal against them and that you seize the moments when you can be solitary. I, I wanted to mention um, a sort of a resource for that, which is um, many people may not be aware of, but there are places of, I guess I would call spiritual retreat, again, in the sense of whatever spiritual needs you have and as related to solitude. And these are often um, monasteries or convents or Zen centers. And they're places with that accommodate visitors and they welcome visitors and, and provide some sort of private space. Um, and that can be for a short time, uh, but but an overnight or several days or longer periods, and um, you know if you if you Google spiritual retreats in your area, you'll probably find some of these, and typically in rather beautiful places. And um, I would occasionally go to one when I lived back in Wisconsin, and it was you you could you could uh, opt to be um, in silence, which is the next topic <laughs> we're going to hit on here. And and so at meals, you could choose to sit at a table with other people, or they had another area where you could just eat by yourself. And, and the whole time you were there, you could just decide that you weren't going to talk. And it was the, a pretty amazing experience. I mean, to spend several days that way uh, is very refreshing. And um, I, I, it's something I recommend. And, and they're typically very inexpensive and... Um, and very, just very kind of simple, like simple accommodation, simple food, and it's just getting down to that basic time with yourself and with that whatever spiritual directions that you you may have. So I just wanted to mention that if if it sounds like something you'd like, you you can research that for your own area, and I think they're all over the place. Yeah, that I I think that that's um, definitely important. Not just not just for your workflow and and, mm. and but but just for your your own mental state, your own mental, spiritual, right. emotional health. And I, I mean, obviously, we can't create good work if we're um, if we're not taking care of ourselves. 
Right. And it's, yeah, that bigger picture of having enough solitude in your life to be connected um, to your inner self, to your beliefs, um, is is really important. And it's the big picture. And your art is part of that big picture. And so, yeah, it's like nurturing that part of yourself that is very easy to neglect. And again, just getting back to our busy lives and how we conduct them, it's hard it's hard to find these little these pockets and you have to sometimes you have to consciously make them. And and sometimes people just go, I've done this as well, just go someplace by yourself and and be as quiet as you can be there. There's a place here in New Mexico with a hot springs that's up in the mountains and I've gone there several times, and it's not an organized thing, but um, you can sit in the hot spring and just um, spend time alone, and that also is really refreshing. So I guess what I'm saying is don't don't be um, embarrassed about the need for solitude or think it makes you self-centered or something or selfish. It doesn't. I think that's it's it's important. So, and the last thing I wanted to to touch on is is silence, which obviously goes along a lot with solitude, but um, also maybe not, because wherever you are when you're alone, you can still uh, find yourself in places that aren't particularly silent. <laughs> um, and I, I personally love silence. I mean, I even when I'm in the studio, I prefer silence over, you know, having some kind of music on most of the time. I may put the music on to get me going on something and then it, it stops and I never start it up again or something. Um, and <laughs> on a personal note, I, you know, I do have a hearing loss. So that makes silence kind of a natural situation for me. I'd, I'd say it's one of the only good things about being hard of hearing is I can find deep silence even when other people are hearing, you know, ambient noise or background noise. It, I don't hear it. So then I'm I'm in that state probably more often than people that have good hearing. Um, and that's that's just my own perspective on it. And fortunately, I, I do enjoy the sense of being in silence, even though hearing loss is no fun. I don't mean that, but it's um, it does put me in that state, and I appreciate that part of it. I will say background sounds are soothing to a lot of people. I think we vary so much in our response to sound. That's a sound that you think is lovely, I might find irritating, you know. It's it's very personal. And we we've talked about in the podcast that we had one way in the past about music and how there are artists who put music on really intentionally to respond to in their work. And you know, it's just it's all over the place how people deal with sound in their working environment. But I'd say there's uh, oftentimes situations where you you put on sound without really thinking about it. You're not really conscious about it. And so um, you may be sort of unconsciously avoiding silence. If somehow it's a little uncomfortable. And so you may have habits where you're always turning on music or TV or something. And, and if, you know, it might be worth questioning uh, consciously not doing that. Um, is that sound distracting or is it enhancing in some way? Um and there's also, I think when you when you do occasionally, maybe when you take that pause we were talking about earlier, if you if you tune into the sounds around you that are just 
ambient in the environment. There might be a dog barking or, you know, maybe there's traffic sound or something. And I think a slight awareness of the outside world is also kind of nice. You know, it's like the world is going on. I'm here. I'm in my studio. I'm painting. And the rest of the world is going about its business. And um, it, it it's kind of can be kind of a nice feeling just for a moment to to tune into that what what are, what sounds are happening, but um, basically seeking silence for its own sake, I find is good. I, I mean it it just kind of aligns with those benefits of solitude, that sort of connecting with your inner self, tuning out you know distractions, and um, and even like your emotions, you let's say you have on a certain type of music, that music is going to elicit emotions in you. Um, you may want them, you may be seeking them. That's conscious decision. Otherwise, if you know, it may not be something you want, but yet it's affecting your work. And so, um, I notice when I have a radio station on, and there'll be certain pieces that are in alignment with what I want to be feeling and then something will come on it's like no I hate that I'll turn it off so general considerations about silence I mean it's a big topic but I'd say like so many things just being somewhat aware of how it affects you um, could it be beneficial to have more of it in your life well do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode oh I guess just to reiterate that these We've been talking about the the creative pauses, the solitude, silence. In terms of creative process, I think they're all ways of staying centered in yourself, and that leads to being centered in your work and having um, having your mind be scattered and distracted by lots of stimulation uh, can really detract from making your best work. I think. I mean, that's I. This is all from personal experience this this session here and a lot of what we do as kind of routine aspects of life that work against these things the solitude and uh, quietness they're worth questioning and and thinking how could I change even in small ways how could I bring more of this kind of silence into into my life all right well that just about wraps up this episode of the messy studio for more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.